1: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and emotional regulation. What is it to regulate your emotions? With us in our virtual studio is Dr. Ari Tuchman. Before we get into the content of our show, we want to thank children and adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder for bringing this program to you. <clears throat> in celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free copies of Attention Magazine in digital form to get yours. Just listen to our show. We'll share a secret word a few times through the show, write it down, then, uh, then listen for a secret word in another show, write it down, and send me an email with both secret words. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we will forward uh, you a copy, a PDF copy of the current uh, edition of Attention Magazine, and we will forward you a PDF copy of the next edition of of Attention Magazine when it is published. Again, uh, our show is being brought to you by Chad. We're going to run a little tip that they have, and we'll get into the show. Did you know that one in three people diagnosed with ADHD also have depression and 47% have an anxiety disorder? Left untreated, this could lead to other health issues. Understanding your ADHD symptoms and how depression and anxiety work is the first step. Talk with a health care provider for treatment options and strategies to deal with everyday challenges. With the proper treatment, you can live a healthy and productive life. Learn more at chad.org. Uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, we're here with Dr. Ari Tupman tonight. He's a clinical psychologist who specializes in diagnosing and treating children, teens, and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. He's the author of four books, including his newest one, ADHD After Dark, Better Sex Life, Better Relationship. He's a frequent speaker and has given more than 400 presentations on ADHD and other topics. He has over 100 episodes and more than 2 million downloads of his More Attention, Less Deficit podcast. He's a former member of the National Board of Chad and a current uh, conference co-chair. More information is available at adultADHDbook.com. And with that, Dr. Tuckman, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I have been on this uh, quest uh, to, to to really study uh, a lot of the interviews that I have done in the past with Dr. Uh, Russell Barkley and um, his construct of ADHD as being an executive function issue. And we've been doing shows individually on what he calls his different, uh, uh, executive function tools or self-awareness, self-restraint, uh, visual working memory. Uh, non-verbal working memory, emotional self-regulation, and playing with information in your mind. And it's been a fascinating journey because as we break those all down and look at them individually, the, the idea is to bring tangibility to what they are so that people can kind of see them and understand how they're at play. And i got to tell you, it it in breaking them down and digging a little bit deeper, has been incredibly helpful for me as a coach uh, to understand really kind of what I've been doing for a period of time, kind of like the issues and the stuff behind the issues and the stuff and realizing and understanding a lot more why certain things work and why they don't and one of the things that has been the most fascinating to me is emotions Dr. Barkley even though it's not part of the diagnostic criteria all the experts agree that emotional self-regulation is a huge part of ADHD because it's an issue of self-regulation and emotional regulation used to be part of the diagnostic criteria before 1970 but was taken out The consensus is it will be returning at some point in time. It didn't make the DSM-5, but it's clearly a big issue. And when I look at emotion, there's two sides. There's just the emotion of something that we feel. But when I'm looking at emotions, I'm kind of looking at a little bit different. And that is a reflexive reaction to either get pain or pleasure. And when you think about it, humans are really the only species that can have an emotion and have the ability to change that emotion. And it's interesting to me, while we have the ability to do it, it's probably the easiest thing for me to explain to somebody with ADHD what it is, the process. But it's by far the most difficult thing for them to execute, as I say, yeah. because it's emotional. And so I, there's a, so much I find of the issue with regard to managing HD is the emotional reaction to it and actually managing emotion. Because when you think about it, when you're emotional, it, it, it inhibits your ability to regulate your attention. As a general rule, just thoughts on emotion and what you've seen and its role of ADHD? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's definitely a part of it, that folks with ADHD tend to feel their emotions more strongly. Um, and, you know, I, I always sort of add this part, like it's the right emotion for the moment, so whatever they feel is probably the thing that other people feel, but they feel it more strongly. And any time we feel something more strongly, we're more likely to act on it as well. Um, which can be great and can make folks with ADHD a lot of fun to live with. And, you know, also, I suppose you're never wondering what they're thinking. There's definitely value in that. Um, but sometimes acting on our emotions isn't the best move to make. So, you know, it's just kind of one example. Folks with ADHD are more likely to impulsively quit a job. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, on the one hand you might say, good, that job probably sucked. I'm glad that you're moving on to, you know, better things. Except sometimes it didn't, you know, or the job does indeed suck. But what doesn't suck is getting a paycheck every Friday and mm-hmm. not quitting your job till you get your next job. So um you know, so definitely being more emotional can set you up for more things that later when the emotions fade you regret.
1: Mm-hmm. I like how you teed it up. I want to just frame it in a simple fashion. Is is I look at an emotion as a reflexive reaction that happens, and it happens very, very quick. And when we talk about advertisers and people that are trying to play to our attention, you know, people buy things because they're trying to escape pain or they're seeking pleasure. And for me, right. when I look at it in these raw feelings, people with ADHD, they want to feel good now. And impulsively, they go after a dopamine hit, anything that they can do right now that makes them feel really well, or they have a reflexive reaction uh, to escape pain. And one of the big ahas that I've had this last year as I studied is thinking is effortful. It's very, very hard. People with ADHD, they, they do better when they're thinking outside of their head. And I'm finding more and more, it, it, it really makes a lot of sense, is that when, when thinking gets hard, they escape. And there's this quote that, I, that and I've seen a lot of quotes like this, but thinking is effortful, that's why people judge. A reaction is, a reaction is an old reaction, Or – I mean it abounds, but when you think about it, a lot of times people with ADHD, they have this reflexive reaction to impulsively go to something that feels good or to get out of something that they really don't want to do or or what they have. And again, I'm finding more and more – and today with the digital internet, the self restraint is becoming more difficult because politicians, the news media, and corporate America have cracked the code and are pointing – I mean they got – Advanced, what do they call it? Whatever AI intelligence. These computers are pointing the psychology back on people, and those with ADHD are actually more vulnerable. And so, I'm finding much more addictive behaviors and much more screen addictions now. Emotion is emotion, but again, that reflexive reaction to go to something that is pleasurable or that is that to escape pain. If you get rid of the emotion part, you can begin to see. This explains a lot of the challenges with ADHD, and as I. I've I've recently been talking about is you understand emotion as a reflexive reaction. And when those with ADHD feel threatened, they feel threatened. They go to fight, flight, or freeze. It's an automatic reaction. And one of the big issues with regard to self-awareness is to be self-aware means you have to confront yourself. You've got to call yourself out. You've got to admit that you're telling a story to yourself, and they resist it. And so it's this interesting thing in managing people with ADHD. It's that that emotional regulation the ones that can can accept themselves and confront themselves and accept who they are and call themselves out i find own their adhd and kind of go forward but there's a lot that resist it and so it's kind of this thing that understanding the role emotion plays in adhd and realizing you got to accept who you are, and there's a resistance to this. This goes all back to self-awareness, which is what this show is really about. Because if you're not aware of the role emotion play, you are you're succumbing to it, and you let it kind of run your life. So that's a lot of information that coming in at yeah. once. But what are your thoughts on that? I mean, does that make sense to you, or do you have a different view of view of it?
0: Yeah, no, I think it. I think there's a lot of good stuff that you said there, and I think that that yeah, I mean, emotions are almost by definition, they're kind of more reactive, right? They, they are a response to something going on around us or something that we thought inside our head um, or more precisely what we thought inside our head about what was happening around us. Um, so, <clears throat> so having the emotion is the easy part, the harder part is what do we do with the emotion? You know, you don't want to be a robot. That's certainly not what we're aspiring to. Um, but you also don't want to be so driven by your emotions that everything is like a big production. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, so like that's the balance. And I think that often when folks in general, but folks with ADHD are kind of, feeling better in their life, it's that they've kind of struck a better balance between those, that that they're kind of running their life more so than circumstances are, and they're not mm-hmm. quite as reactive to what's going on. And, you know, then it's not just the situation. Like, they're sort of managing the situation and their responses better. So, like, I don't know, the, example, the classic example to me is the student who – didn't get their work done, and then when their parents or says, "Wait a second, you know, you have a 37 in math. What's going on?" Then they freak out, you know, and then mm-hmm. they start getting angry, and they get defensive, and they blame the teacher, and they blame the parents, and right, and it makes one problem into two problems. Mm-hmm. Um, or they just didn't do their homework today, which is not a big deal. But then the reaction is a big deal, you know. So it's the emotion yep. more so than the lack of homework that got them into trouble. And I think when people get a bit more on top of their life, somewhat it's that they're managing their life better, and then somewhat also is they're managing their emotional
1: response to it better. Mm-hmm. It's 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had thought. But it escaped my mind. So I I tell you what, let's let's run to a break real quick. We'll come back. And I want to kind of delve into this because step one in managing is actually to to notice you're in an emotional uh, situation. We did an interview back in 2014 with Autumn Zatani at Sesame Street. She's head of all the curriculum, and season 43 is dedicated to uh, self-regulation. And the show is on. Focus on emotional self-regulation. They talked about teaching the kids how to identify emotions, feel in their body to catch themselves. Because if you're not realizing that you're having an emotion, you can't do a lot about it. We're going to come back. We're going to start talking about emotion, kind of as an object and kind of what you do with it. So uh, before we go, our secret word tonight is uh, reactive. Again, our secret word is reactive. And please check out Dr. Um, Tuckman's website, AdultADHDBook.com. Tons of great stuff there. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio.
0: Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off.
1: Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy adhd coaching is in demand a calling and a career learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash atr that's addca.com slash atr managing adhd is about pausing before you ponder and proceed this opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com
0: and now back to attention talk radio
1: Welcome back, everybody, uh, to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. We're here with Dr. Ari Tuckman, and we're talking about uh, emotional regulation, uh, its role in executive functioning, and its role in um, uh, those with ADHD kind of dealing with those challenges. Before the break, we were talking about it a little bit as being a reflexive reaction where you go, the brain, the ADHD brain is a reward-driven brain. It likes to feel good. It likes to go after dopamine, or it likes to escape pain. Sometimes it's a lot of heavy thinking. And I want to make a demarcation here because when we think of emotions, we think of the feelings of emotions. And I'm switching over to try it like if we begin to look at emotions as an object in this conversation, we can begin to see a bunch of how emotions play into what's going on, that can help us. If you can begin to step out of an emotion and go back and and look at it, um, you see things that are very differently. And and where I'm going with this is to be self-aware is to be able to observe yourself. And often we are, we have programmed, um, Feelings to look at some things and if you begin to remove those feelings and look at it all of a sudden things are different So for example, I dr. Tuckman. I get a lot of people saying, you know, my kids lazy or my spouse is lazy and It's funny because I'm like they'll often say they're not motivated and I go. What do you mean? They're not motivated. Well, they're not doing their homework Yeah, well, they're playing Xbox. You know why because they're motivated to play Xbox now that that is because I learned this from Doctor Roberto Olivario, if you weren't motivated, you'd be dead. And everything you ever did in your entire life, you did it because you were motivated to do it. And everything you didn't do, when you could have done it, you didn't do because you're actually motivated to do something else. This is a small little thing, but our emotions get in the way of self observation because parents like I want my kid to do this, or and they and they condition people to look at it. I'm not motivated. <clears throat> That's an emotional reaction because we're not actually looking at the facts. You are motivated. You're motivated to do something else. And I like to make this distinction because if you're going to go forward with this, if you're not actually acknowledging what's really going on, you're only using emotions with a problem. So you end up shaming people like you're lazy. You're not motivated. That doesn't resolve the problem. That's just an emotional reaction. So right. again, I'm harping on this because our emotions sometimes inhibit our ability to actually see the facts so that we can manage it. <clears throat> Thoughts on that, Dr. Tuckman?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that the problem with saying someone is lazy or they're not motivated is that sounds like a pretty universal thing, right? Like this is, yep. you know, like a generalized statement of who you are, um, which is in and of itself demotivating. But but I think the more the narrower the more specific way of seeing it of you're not motivated to do this thing but you are motivated to do other things, I think is not only actually more accurate but I think it also tells you a little bit better what to do about it um, yes and you know the problem of course is if you've been on the receiving end from lots of people in lots of situations of you're just not motivated and you believe it, then you stop looking for yes. other solutions, you know, Yes. Um, whereas if you see it as you're not motivated, you're motivated to do other things, but not this, then the narrower, more focused discussion is. So what would it take to, for this to be more motivating? How do we set this up? What can you do? How do you think about it to, br- To elicit more feelings of motivation to do this thing rather than all those other things.
1: Um, Absolutely. So, if I may, it inhibits our ability to problem solve. So, this is this is very simple, everybody. And I think a lot of people are going to like what. But I've come to the conclusion that thinking is difficult for people with ADHD. In fact, we did a show a little while ago. Um, I think it was Dr. Mitchell, or I, I can't remember his name. But there was a research study that was done. They took people with ADHD and non-ADHD of similar IQs, and they took a test, and they took people who had same IQs who got the same score on the test, and then they asked them, how how was it? And it was clear that the responses for the people with ADHD acknowledged the test was harder. Than those without ADHD but the the thought process really is is thinking is actually harder for people with ADHD than the general population again same IQs same tests, same test scores so that's that's the control so when you have a situation where and I'm going to take the kid with homework playing Xbox is if you sit there and say hmm what do I got here I've got a kid that's motivated to play Xbox because it feels good and there's homework well it's easy He's motivated because there's a temptation in the room, which is, which is making it difficult for him to restrain himself. So if we can remove that temptation, that's helpful, but it's not going to solve the problem. We've got to go take a look at what he's doing thinking-wise. How are we going to make that easier?
0: <clears throat> and there's some right.
1: people, working memory is the ability to take words on a page and play with them in your mind. And one of the things I like to do to illustrate this, Dr. Tuckman, is I will read the instructions to tie a square knot. And it's interesting because you have to take those words on the page, and you have to pull them in your mind, and you have to create a picture in order for you to tie that square knot. And people just freak out over that, and I'm trying to illustrate that it's hard. It's easier if you see somebody demonstrate it because you're escaping the work of assembling that picture in your mind. And so a lot of people with ADHD, when the pandemic hit, they go home and they've got, oh my God, I'm not motivated. I got this productivity problem because thinking was made more difficult because when they were in the work environment, they could have conversations or other people could demonstrate it for them. So if we're going to problem solve for that student, if we remove the emotion from it and quit saying the kid's lazy because he's are not doing what we want to do or he's unmotivated and we, we now problem solve, okay, we need to remove that temptation, but we also have to make thinking easier rather than force him to sit there in the room and do it all by, by himself maybe we need to look at it more interactively or we need to bring more visuals again this is a very generic type thing and it doesn't work for everybody but my point really is it's our emotions that are getting in the way we're escaping the problem solving To help those move forward. And again, I'm talking about uh, the emotional response to escape thinking because I'm not talking about, you know, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm sad. I'm sorry. Those are there. But the idea really here is when you acknowledge that emotion as an object and you can step out of it, you can begin to actually problem solve. And so the emphasis here is that our emotions get in the way of our ability to problem solve in these situations. And so as a result, we emotionally treat ADHD with blame and shame, which is just not doable. Makes sense. I mean, logical sense when you think about it, would you agree or do you have a different take on it?
0: Yeah. Well, especially if the, whether the person themselves or the other person doesn't see it as ADHD, but they just see it as you are making a choice. And like, in some ways blame and shame maybe not shame that's a bit too much but you know like that is sort of actually the appropriate response if someone is making the wrong choice where it's like come on man mm-hmm. like you know do this instead of that this is really the better thing for these reasons whatever um the problem is when it's ADHD it's not about choice people don't choose to be distracted they're just distracted um mm-hmm. so at that point those emotions they just muddy the waters and you know if someone has a harder time thinking because it takes more effort to stay on one train of thought and not wander off onto others um to then add all that shame stuff in it just, it it muddies the waters, it increases the emotional burden. So it's not just the emotional expenditure or the cognitive expenditure of like, stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. It's also then adds in all this other stuff of, I knew I couldn't do it. Why is this so hard? Why does this suck so much? Why do I suck so much? Everybody else has an easier time, right? All that kind of stuff, all that emotional loading gets kind of poured into it as well. And, you know, like that's another, you know, it just it increases the burden. It makes it that much harder to sort of like manage the emotions, stay calm, and stay focused. And, you know, I'll sometimes, you know, one of the sort of lines I'll use when I'm talking to people about doing stuff they don't feel like doing is, I mean, I know you don't feel like doing it now, but here's the thing, you're not – Going to want to do it anymore tomorrow like when tomorrow comes you're going to hate it as much as you hate it today
1: <laughs> right
0: so it's it's that kind of a it's that distress tolerance it's that ability to just yep. accept the uncomfortable emotion but then do it anyway um Abs- and that's hard enough without adding all this other kind of psychological baggage on top of it
1: absolutely i tell you what I'm having a little bit of an epiphany right now on a whole bunch of other shows that we can tie in on this. So let's go to break. We'll come back and we'll kind of start showing how this kind of shows up. Um, everybody, our secret word tonight is reactive. Um, you have to go check out uh, Dr. Tuckman's uh, website at adultADHDbook.com. Tons of stuff. you has got his podcast, all, all kinds of stuff that's there. Um, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR.
0: Are you always late?
1: just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back everybody. <clears throat> um, having a great conversation about emotions and regulating emotions and the role that they play in ADHD. And when I started to do this show, I was kind of going down a path, but as I've told people, you know, it's interesting being the host of Attention Dog Radio. I interview the experts and I have these ahas in the middle of shows sometimes that are kind of revolutionary. and I'm kind of having one right now so we're going to pivot a little bit because I just all of a sudden looked at my past and I began to see something. <clears throat> and I think i getting to the to the epicenter really kind of something I want to illustrate and that is as I said earlier I think our emotions get in the way of self-observation and it's a difference between knowing ADHD and owning it and so I'm having a flashback to an article that I wrote years ago called ugly organizational systems and the point of the whole article is we have a tendency to think of organization as pretty but to me the definition of it is if you can put your hands on it right now I don't care what it looks like it's organized right. And there's lots of people with ADHD who have clutter all over the place, but they know exactly where everything is. Now, it's visually unappealing to other people. But if you understand it as, hey, it's where you can find that information. I mean where you can find it. I do a lot of people like it looks like clutter, but let's make it look like it's supposed to be there. And I got lots of examples of that. But in that moment, we have this emotion that it's not supposed to be like that. And a lot of people with ADHD have had them go get a professional organizer, and they organized everything, and then it all ends up back to where it was originally because it's there for a reason. That's why it's there. That's an example. <clears throat> Another example, Dr. Tuckman turned me on two years ago to Dr. Roberto Olivardia. <clears throat> he took the emotions out of himself, and he discovered himself that playing punk rock videos on the same screen when he's writing – he did his Harvard dissertation in like two weeks – with that stuff, and you know, Dr. Tuckman said, I, you know, I can't do that stuff because it's distracting to me, but <clears throat> it worked for Dr. Olivardia. He also noticed that he could read seven times faster when he's reading the subway than at home. Basically, he took the emotions out of how he thought he was supposed to do it. And he did it how he – actually, did. that was self-observation. David Gork, who was a struggling student when he was in high school, used to bounce all over the place, breaking couches, as he said. His grandmother got him a rocking chair one time, and he began to realize when he was rocking in the chair, he would sing his notes to she will be coming around the mountain when she comes, and basically graduated Syracuse cum laude. And it was funny, the first time his roommate walks into him, and he's in the dorm room rocking his chair, singing his notes, What's going on? My point really is, is our emotions get in the way of observing what works. And if we can step out of them and look at it as an object, we now have self-regulation, and now we can problem solve in ways that we never did before because of the stories that we're telling ourselves. Again, these are emotions because we're skipping over, hey, my kid's not doing what I want him to do, so he's not motivated. That's name-calling. But again... The twist here is emotion and down-regulating gets in the way, but also if we can step back and step out of ourselves and make more analytical observations, we can get away from those emotional observations, and the key here really is to problem-solve. One last story, and I'll let Dr. – I mean, I was actually <clears> – <throat> Uh, being interviewed by Ned Hollowell when they were releasing their book, uh, ADHD 2.0, which is a kind of a revision of Driven Distraction. I was telling Dr. Hollowell about a story how I was, interview- I was coaching this woman, and what struck me is she had an incredible sense of smell. I mean, it was like off the charts. And we started playing around with it, and we took our, our emotion out of a to-do list being the way, what it was. And where we ended up was we had a smell-based to-do list which I didn't know, of, but crayons have odor to that. <clears throat> and she would do it, and for whatever reason, she'd smell it, and she'd associate that smell with something in her head and would just hold in her head for a really long time, and she didn't get distracted. Again, my point really is, is we got out of the emotion how you were supposed to do it. We looked at her. We made some discoveries and some systems that are incredibly effective that nobody else could see before. And it was kind of funny because <laughs> Dr. Hollywell's like, what, wow, that really happened? i go, like, yeah, it goes back to, if we can begin to step out of our emotions and make observations as what they are, it's interesting what we can see. So that's a lot of information, a big redirect, but thoughts are, yeah. Does that makes some sense? Can you say, I mean, it's yeah. that emotions that get in our way of actually seeing what works.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that this is, so this is kind of like a CBT, a cognitive behavioral therapy approach is that the emotions that we have are based on the thoughts that we have and You know, if the thought is this isn't, you know, if the thought is I should be able to do it this way, other people do it this way, I should be able to do it this way because I can't do it this way, that means there's something wrong with me. Um, Or the thought is I shouldn't do it this way because that's not the right way to do it, right? Like, then that that sets up certain obvious emotions in response. Whereas if you have the thought, you know what? Everybody's wired different. I need to figure out what works for me. I'm certainly happy to get ideas from other people. But at the end of the day, I got to try and figure out what works for me. And if that if you can have this thought that that's okay, then you can have the emotion of all right, yeah, self acceptance, I feel good about that. Um, But you know, where it's hard is when people have spent a lifetime getting certain messages and, you know, like we all get messages throughout our life, but if you get certain messages that there's something wrong with what you're doing and it's so emotionally painful to deal with it, it's like you don't even want to take a look at it because it just feels too raw to get into it. And, you know, so like, and this shows up in a lot of ways. I mean, I had a, college kid in my office a couple of days ago where he doesn't like the idea of taking medication. So it's not that he doesn't like the side effects, it's that he doesn't like the idea of having mm-hmm. to take medication and what does it mean to have to take it in order to be successful in school and all the other, you know, and it's like that's all the emotional stuff. And yes. And you know the conversation went into well what does it mean what do you think about it why do you think that and you know finding other ways to think about it so you can have a different emotional response to it but to get there you have to be willing to kind of sit through some of that emotion and see beyond it and that's easier said than done for all of us But, you know, especially in the heat of the moment, it's easier said than done.
1: So we talked about this at the beginning as sometimes self-awareness is difficult because our emotions get in the way because we have to confront ourselves. You know, we have to sit through it and we have to talk our way through it and say, hey, this is a belief that I have. Maybe my belief doesn't make some sense or whatever, which is a barrier often for that self-awareness in order to kind of get there. And a lot of what I think we both do is we're working with people trying to help them manage those emotions to see what is so that, they can kind of move themselves forward so it's this interesting is is needing to kind of pull all this to close at the end of the day what the aha for me in studying dr barclay's um construct of adhc as an executive function emotions is a huge part of what's kind of getting in the way and the point of this show is to bring awareness and talk about how it plays out and what's going on so that you can again step out of your emotions or as i say look at it as an object or uh, there's different ways of describing this and look back at it so that you can problem solve around it as opposed to using emotions to manage emotions so uh with that any any other thoughts before we wrap this up dr chuckman
0: yeah, I mean I think that, that I think that definitely makes sense. And you know, again, self awareness, self awareness, self awareness.
1: It yeah, it's 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 a it's a lot of work, but it can get you there. Ignoring it is is just strategy after strategy after strategy. As I say, some people with ADHD, they're drowning in the sea of strategies because they don't have the self awareness or they're not engaged in kind of making it happen. So yeah, with so all that I hope right everybody wins. Absolutely. So Doctor Tuckman, thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Thanks for having me, as always.
1: Everybody, our secret word tonight is reactive. Again, check out Dr. Tuckman's website, adultadhdbook.com. We hope you've uh, gained some insights from our show today. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.